crap <laughs> that actually happened. This is the real world in the Washington football team. NFC East champions. I don't know how they did it, not just against Philadelphia in an ugly game and not just through all, but also through all 16 games this season. They somehow figured out a way to get it done. The rest of the NFC East falling apart helped a lot. But regardless, <laughs> they're going to raise the they're going to raise the banner at FedEx Field next year for the Washington football team, 2020 NFC East champions. Uh, this is Ben Standing. I cover that team for the Athletic. We're going to talk about that. I'm in Philadelphia. It's three in the morning. Couldn't sleep. Decided all right, I need a podcast. So I reached out to uh, one of my colleagues at the Athletic, who is both a Washington football team fan and, more importantly, for my moment here, lives on the West Coast. So he decided to join me, Greg Rosenstein, one of our uh, boxing MMA gurus, but like I said, also a DCer. Where, where, where are you from again, Annandale? I'm from Annandale, Virginia, yep. Yeah, look at that. So you're, 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 you're a fan of the team. We're, we're not going to get overly uh, X and O-E here because honestly, this game doesn't warrant that later in the week. There's things to discuss, including Tom Brady and how the season unfolded, but we're going to talk about this game. So first and foremost, Greg, I really appreciate you being here and somebody who was watching that on television and who has grown up with this team. What was it like watching Washington find a way to win despite what the hell was going on out there? Yeah, that was just bizarre. Also, thanks for having me on. I know I was like your 25th option and the 24 others were on the East Coast and I was your only West Coast option now. Um, no, you, were, you, were like, you, you were like Taylor Heineke. Like I was prepared to put you in. I was happy to have you if, if need be. But like, yeah, we maybe had another option. But everybody, you know, but, but, you know, unlike Alex Smith, everybody else, uh, you know, could not, could not, uh, could not be ready for the game. Perfect. Well, regardless, I'm here and um, you're stuck with me. But uh, look, I'm a longtime fan of this franchise. Unfortunately, you know, like way more heartbreak than anything else. But um, tonight was a good night, but it was just very weird. You know, it was just like they didn't just dominate. They didn't. It was just like they felt they faced a team that was like almost outright tanking on the field in front of our eyes, and they still kind of just squeaked it out. But um, look, a win's a win. They don't win the division that often. So I think anytime you have a chance to do it, you know, you take it. And I know Philly's taking a lot of heat for what they did. But um, as long as the Washington franchise ended up coming up victorious and going to the playoffs, that's all that matters, right? Uh, yeah, for, 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 the, for, the, for the players, for the coaches, for the fans, absolutely. You know, one of the things this year, of course, no fans in the stands for the most part. Philly didn't have anybody. And obviously, even if we were under normal times and Philadelphia had their fans there, they would not have been happy with the way the game unfolded. But at least even that negative reaction would have allowed sort of to, to feel the counter to what was happening back in D.C. But to be doing it in front of an empty stadium, something I have not really gotten used to all season for the most part, it was almost hard to imagine what it was like watching it because there was nobody there. Obviously, we're pretty dispassionate in the, in the press box. Um, I think I think I think I heard somebody clap when the game ended because it mercifully ended, <laughs> not because Washington necessarily won, because that game was was over. So I'm sure everybody back home uh, in, in D.C. or everywhere else like you, wherever you wherever you are watching the, rooting for this team was was excited. But like trying to recap the game, as I did, I primarily wrote about the defense and presumably it'll be up on the athletic by the time you he hear this podcast. It was hard to both wrap your brain around how do we say they won that game with Philadelphia doing everything they could to tank 
I mean, the, the, the tanking term started by the team that that, that, that that plays its games across the parking lot, the 76ers, or maybe that, maybe not tanking, but you know what I mean, you know, the, the Philadelphia took it to the nth degree. Right. And it was weird to see an NFL team do that. So Washington, even with that, even with Philly going to their third quarterback, benching a bunch of guys, they still barely won. But at the same point, they did. The defense shut out Philly. The defense, you know, the, the, the second half, they have been much – they finished the year tied with Tampa Bay for a point differential in the second half of games. So Washington did what it had to do. <laughs> but it was so ugly getting there. So ugly getting there. You know, um, I wouldn't say Alex Smith had a great game. I mean, the whole offense was, was kind of – average you know didn't really do that much you know there was just so many weird things in this like you know philly went for it on fourth down um you know trying to get a touchdown there and they weren't successful i don't know if you can say that was a bad move necessarily i know they were saying on the broadcast that statistically it made sense um i think the eagles had nothing to really play for so you might as well go for it there i didn't totally blame them but they didn't get that um you know you had some weird turnovers um in this game and then yeah i mean just taking out jalen hurts bringing in Nate Sudfeld, you know, like I'm an Indiana grad. Like I know what Nate Sudfeld brings. He's not a starting quarterback, you know, like, like I just do not understand this where it's um, they're trying to see what they're going to get out of this guy for potentially future years. But that way it was that somebody mentioned that, did they actually say that was the reason why they put Sudfeld in? They were kind of mentioned on the broadcast that they were the plan going in was to play him towards the end of the game just to sort of see what they're going to get with him and oh come on um, he's been in the league i had to double check he's been they drafted him washington drafted him in 2016 he's yeah been, he's i mean look, philly for I, multiple years now hey, give me a break yeah so i don't know if that's really the case or not i saw some quote after the game that said peterson um you know wanted to just give him a shot out there after like what he's put in this year and stuff but it's like come on it's like if you're gonna have if you're wanting to see anything you're gonna want to see how jalen hurt hurts handles himself out there you know, um, I did find it funny that people thought, oh, him being in there would have definitely led to an Eagles win. I mean, I don't think he was setting the world on fire before he was taken out, but I definitely think he would have given them a better shot at winning. Uh, what, did, what did you think about just the overall decision to switch quarterbacks midway through? Well, I don't recall. I mean, look, Philadelphia arrested a bunch of players, Fletcher Cox, Deshaun Jackson, Miles Sanders, their starting left tackle. If you want to say Car- I mean, Carson Wentz wasn't even active. So even if you had wanted to go to the another quarterback, you know, you couldn't go to the better one, even though I know he had a terrible year. Um, so, okay. But I accept that, right? I mean, there's nothing to play for. There's no reason to get some of these guys hurt. And yes, if you lose, I think they're going to end up with a six pick. There's motivation for that. So I get that. But once the game goes, <laughs> like you said, if you're Philadelphia, the biggest thing you have is, okay, we have Jalen Hurts. What can he do in a big spot? And it's 17-14. They get the ball to the five-yard line. It's second and goal from the four, three straight incompletions. I thought maybe you kick a field goal there, but whatever. I get it. Like you said, you, you know, fine. But to not then let him try to win. I mean, Washington only goes up by six. They win by six. To not let Jalen Hurts have him a shot to try to win seems like you get more value out of that especially if you he's going to be their quarterback the part of this weekend's discussion for philly was this idea of is carson Wentz out and what are they doing blah 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 i i don't i'm sure there has been i don't recall a more blatant attempt by a team to not try to win than that yeah i mean again it's one thing to bench guys another thing to in the moment do that i'll be curious i suspect 
Roger Goodell won't say anything. Maybe the New York Giants will, because obviously if Washington had lost, the Giants would have gotten in. And like we said, Washington it did what it had to do. But at the same point, man, there was a lot of ugly uh, g- going on. I don't know what they were saying on the television broadcast about Alex Smith, but obviously he did not look particularly effective. He was you know, 22 of 32 for 162 yards, had the two touchdown passes, and at one point had a really high QB rating, but then he also threw two terrible interceptions. Um, I say terrible. I mean, interceptions are never great, but you know, he, yeah. he didn't look good. He looked like a sitting duck back there whenever they got any kind of pressure on him in the pocket. Um, obviously, that's been the huge issue for him uh, you know, all season, but now even more so it felt like with the calf injury, I, I kind of thought maybe they needed to put in like an extra block or like go with two tight ends instead of a third receiver uh, and then have have that extra tight end help because once he was had time, he could find – the receivers are open. Philadelphia had like no – other than Darius Slay, had like none of their cornerbacks available. Um, so, yeah, Alex Smith looked bad. Fortunately for the defense, the one thing I guess I could say for Washington is over the course of this year, they have been a much better second-half team, particularly the defense – Two, this is two weeks in a row that they shut that they held the opponent scoreless in the second half. So at least you could sort of say, okay, they they they, they fell back on their pattern of doing well after halftime. But man, <laughs> Philly was doing everything it could to try to um, to try to help them uh, to try to help them uh, out. Um, what? Um, but whatever. Like we have time to analyze this thing further. And the reality is, this was a clown car of a game. <laughs> They won. Yeah, it kind of summed up the NFC East in one game, the whole the whole year in one game, basically. And also, when you had the game earlier where the Giants almost completely blew the ball, we have I don't know a uh, we had the Mark Sanchez butt fumble a few years ago. This was the Wayne Gallman butt recovery or something. I don't know. Oh, he, yeah, he sat on the ball after he dropped it inexplicably just for no reason, and the Giants uh, were able to keep the ball and. and uh, held on to win it would have if the Washington had lost the the NFC East winner would have had six wins that would have been I mean seven and nine is bad enough but six and ten would have been um extra special for for sure um I think this would have gone down as like one of the worst I mean I've seen and I'm sure you've seen tons of horrible losses in recent years but like this would have gone down as one of the worst losses at least of my life I'm 32 you know I've basically only seen bad bad teams but (laughs) Um, this would have been you know, worse is, than the 2016 losing in week 17 when a win gets in because at least that Giants team had Eli Manning playing quarterback and mm-hmm. had a lot of other guys. I mean, that was still a terrible off this one. Like, <laughs> even if Jalen Hurts had stayed in, he's a rookie playing a second round pick playing his like fourth game or whatever it is, and they right. benched everybody, tons of other guys. This would have been worse. Yeah, that, that's what I'm thinking too, which is like this is a game on paper they should have won. The Eagles didn't have their full team. And then on top of that, they were like literally mid-game making decisions that helped out Washington, you know. And to like to lose that potentially would have been just heartbreaking. I really don't know what to think if like they somehow blew this opportunity that was just basically handed to them on a platter. So yeah, for sure. I mean, like we said, we already mentioned the offense struggled uh, to get things going. At the, you know, they only scored three points in the second half after they. Uh, fortunately, they got that after. Going up 10 zip. Hey, congratulations. They finally scored on their first possession this season. <laughs> mm-hmm. There you go. They go up 10 zip. Then Jalen Hurts, he whatever he did was on the ground. Washington has struggled with mobile quarterbacks this year. Fortunately for them, that won't be the issue next week with Tom Brady. Um, but uh, the, you know, they're down 14 10. And then fortunately, they get that touchdown with three 
with just under four minutes to go in the first half, the Alex Smith, the Logan Thomas, and then um, but they held off. But the offense just never got going really in the second half of an Antonio Gibson, some on the ground. The defense did enough. But again, when you went to Nate Sudfeld and already took out a bunch of weapons until they didn't have much, special teams, Steven Sims coughed up another fumble. Fortunately, he this one, he didn't, he didn't lose it. Um, but that's going to have to be a big concern. And you almost wonder if they're going to have to make a, make a change on that one going into the uh, going into that game. So nothing was that particularly exciting for them other than, you know, look, Case Young was, was all over the place again. Uh, Terry McLaurin, good Lord. I, I contended before the game that it was not wise to play him considering he's dealing with a high ankle sprain injury that normally takes several weeks to recover from. And he was only, he was basically coming back on two, but man, he gutted it out. Um, what, 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 what was effective had seven receptions uh, and, and their first touchdown. Uh, so things like that stood out. <laughs> but, uh, look, you know, yeah. again, we can pick on whatever, but they, they won the game. And I guess on some level, at least for today, that's all that anybody really cares about. Yeah, no, I'm actually, I'm actually curious about what you thought about Terry, because I had the same thought going in where I was like, you know, I'd love for him to play, but if it's a high ankle sprain and he could potentially hurt himself way worse, you know, for a potential playoff run or anything, even just one game, you know, is it worth it? But then I had a lot of friends kind of tell me like, look, you got to win this game to get in. If he's willing to go, you got to let him go. And he did look pretty good. He wasn't actually the exact same as he's been, you know, I don't think he was hundred percent for sure. You know, but that touchdown was a great, great play by him. And, um, you know, he 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 did enough, you know, th- but it definitely shows that this team definitely needs a number two, number three, whether that's the draft or free agency this offseason to pair with him. Um, and Logan Thomas is really he's like surprised me a lot. I actually, you know, was really questioning whether he was um, a number one tight end, but he's come along strong. And that t- that touchdown today was huge. I mean, he just went up there and grabbed it midair. So I thought he was good. Defensive line did what they had to do per usual. Um, They're the ones who've been keeping us in the game, you know, all season. Chase Young's been beasting out. Sweat looked good. I mean, really everybody in the defensive line looked good. So um, it wasn't a great win, but everybody seemed to kind of do just enough, you know. But I don't know if that's going to be enough against a kind of high-powered Bucks team. What do you think? Yeah, I mean – you know, look, the we'll, we'll get into the matchups more as the week goes on and, you know, look beyond Tom Brady and, and their receivers. I know Mike Evans, um, I, I'm not sure if that maybe you saw, I, I didn't, but the, I know he left that game today with an injury and it was maybe some concern at the time how, with the seriousness of it. So I don't know where we're at with that, but, you know, obviously they have, you know, they have Mike Evans, they have Chris Godwin, Antonio Brown, Rob Gronkowski, uh, you know, Ronald Jones on the ground, they have plenty of offensive weapons, but Washington's best asset is clearly its defense and that line in particular. And obviously Sweat and Young both get sacks today uh, and they are the highlight of that group. But, you know, that back seven has has some holes, particularly at linebacker and safety, even though both safeties today, Cameron Curl and, and Jeremy Reeves had, uh, had interceptions. So kudos to them. Um, yeah, I mean, look, I don't know. What, I'm sure there's a line out already i can't imagine yeah i haven't seen it yet i mean if you tell me tampa is going to be favored by over a touchdown at washington that that's not going to surprise me especially with the way alex smith uh looked to 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 today but look we'll we'll get into to to, to that for sure and i guess i'll just say quickly here it's uh this is of course the standard room only podcast uh ben standing here my friend greg rosenstein our colleague my colleague at the athletic uh and a noted uh famous redskins or 
Redskins. See, it's three. It's three seventeen <laughs> in the morning, and like for the first time in a long time, I botched the name. Uh, fan of the Washington. Now, uh, Michael said it a couple times in the broadcast. He had to apologize. <laughs> that he, I mean, yeah. It, it, it. I have to because I have to think about it all the time. I've been able to largely get by with it. I can only imagine if you're only occasionally having to do it, like he is. That that has got to be um, a, a, a a problem. Um, we're not we're not we're not going to talk too much longer here. I, I guess one thing I'm just curious about from the outside perspective, like from the inside, if I, if you said like, what's the reason why this thing turned around? And we asked Montez Sweat and some of the players after the game, and Montez Sweat, uh, he, he said what a lot of guys have said this year, and that is they bought – it's a culture change. They're buying into what Rivera is selling, and they play hard for each other. And, you know, there's some other things. Like he specifically the defense, he said the scheme with Jack Del Rio helped the defensive line in particular. And, you know, obviously getting – um even though Alex Smith wasn't great today, you know, getting more consistent play from that position over the, you know, between him and Kyle Allen, sorry, Dwayne Haskins people um, helped as well. Plus we had playmakers beyond Terry McLaurin with, with Gibson and, and, and McKissick and so on. But I think to me, the culture change and all that represented to me sort of stood out as to why this thing turned around from the outside perspective. Like what would you sort of point to as the reason why this season, and again, seven and nine, nobody's saying they're the 85 bears or, or any one of the three. Washington teams that won a Super Bowl. It is what it is. They did what they had to do in this division. By the way, they won five of their last seven games. You know, no matter who they were playing, that's not nothing, even though it felt like playing a lot of games like the teams like they did today, regardless, they did that. What, what was your perspective from the outside as to why, or what was different for you this year as to why this team uh, was able to uh, do what it did? Yeah, I would agree with what you just said. I think, look, you're right. This team only won seven games. They're not anywhere near a favorite to make a deep run in the playoffs, but they did win the division, even though it's a historically horrible division. But they're just at least glimpses of hope, which a lot of years of my life, I really didn't have any, you know? And so it's like going into next year, you at least think, all right, we have a legitimate coach. We have some pieces on the defensive line. Um, Antonio Gibson seems like a good running back for the future you know, quarterback and is obviously something that needs to be addressed and they need more receivers and a lot of other things, but at least there's some pieces, you know, um, I think you're right. I think Ron Rivera really does kind of seem like the, the real key here. You know, it's like he, he really brought stability. He overcame everything that happened in this off season, whether it was him personally, you know, beating cancer or, you know, some of the scandalous stuff or the name change, you know, like if this was Jake Gruden, I really don't know what would have happened, you know, like if he was dealing with the name change and um, everything that was going on this offseason, you know what I mean? But like Ron Rivera seems to really have it down. He's changed the culture. And then like even guys like even guys like Chase Young as a rookie, he's coming in here and he seems to really be a leader in that locker room from afar. I You're in there way more than well, maybe you're not. I don't know the access in terms of the NFL. This yeah, year, not, like not actually just, physically in the locker room, but at least uh, tangentially around. Yeah, you have like a better sense. Like even as a rookie, this guy is just – he's on a different level, it seems like that. I, I, they were even saying um, – Jack Del Rio on the broadcast was saying that he reminds him of um, Ray Lewis, you know, and it's just somebody like him going in there. Terry McLaurin is in his second year, and he's – you know, he was named captain midway through whatever. So it was just like there seems – they seem to be getting the right type of guys, you know, in terms of players, and then the coaching staff really seems to be bringing something out that's a little bit different. Now we just need the owner to kind of take a step back and not make any more personnel decisions here, really. And hopefully things are going to go in the right direction. 
Yeah, I mean, look, obviously there's there's a long way to go between even doing what they've done now and becoming a uh, Super Bowl contender. And look, they're in the playoffs. I'm not going to say I'm not going to say they're going to go on some crazy run here, but they're one of 14 teams that has a chance to do something. But in order for them to go to another level, it isn't just talent. They and that was a quote I found. Uh, Back in August, Jack Del Rio was talking about. He kept kept getting asked about the defense. How good could it be, right? Because you have the you know, four four years in a row they've taken a defensive lineman in the first round and all that stuff. And the quote was essentially, "Yeah, yeah, yeah, talent, blah blah blah." But it isn't just talent because talent alone doesn't get it done. You can find guys all over the place, in, in, all, any round of the draft, undrafted free agents, whatever it is guys who can come in and do stuff, but you have to figure out how to make those pieces work together. You have to get guys to buy in. And that's what they did. I mean, look at, you know, they lost Matt Ioannidis in week three. They lost Landon Collins in week six. Other teams this year have had a bunch of injuries for sure. But I mean, look at their, look who their safeties are. <laughs> I mean, Cameron yeah. Curl, a seventh round pick. Jeremy Reeves was on the practice squad most of the year. Their linebackers have really not been good all season. And yet this defense partly because, or mostly because of the line, has, has done a lot of good stuff. The offensive line has had pieces shifting in and out. We mentioned the receivers. There's not much Logan Thomas. Like that guy, I'm with you. I was not buying much out of him. And yet these things have, have, be, have become effective. And I think a lot of it is good calls from the personnel department in some areas, but also the coaching staff getting these guys to believe that they can do more together. It isn't just, you know, um, you know, we see all the time in sports, you can have individual talent and it just does not mesh for whatever the reason. By and large, it did this year. Again, kudos to the Cowboys, Giants, Eagles. <laughs> yeah, for making uh, for making the path easier. But regardless, Washington did what it had to do. They they improved as the season went along, and that's really all you can uh, all you can ask for. Um, yeah. I uh, by the way, I uh, I, I don't want to harp on uh, Giants fans getting all upset, but uh, you know, it, you got to win more than six games if you're going to be complaining about another team like the Eagles doing what they did tonight. Oh, hundred so. percent. Yeah, I, I don't feel bad at all. I mean, it is what it is. You know what I mean? Oh, hundred percent. No, no, I don't feel bad for the Giants fans at all. They're six, six and ten. Give, give me a break. I mean, again, what the Eagles did was seem borderline shameful. It may be, maybe, maybe yes. not even borderline, but uh, that's sort of a separate issue than being bad. Usually, it's not so blatant. You know, so it's blind. like they're going to make a few moves, but it won't affect it that much. But it's like, oh, yeah, we're just going to change our quarterback to our third stringer midway through. We're going to do some. Yeah, it just usually you don't see it in a tight game in week 17, you know, but it is what it is. By the way, I looked up what, what next week's early line is. It says Buccaneers minus seven and a half. What do you think about something like that? <laughs> I mean, look, uh, Washington has been resilient and that defense, but man, I just, uh, Tampa Bay's got a really good defense. I mean, Washington's best asset on some level is the second po- second half point differential because it just shows how they've been much better after halftime. They finished tied for the league lead in that category. The team they finished tied with, Tampa Bay. So the one thing that they even have kind of going for them yeah. is effectively negated on some level. Obviously, Tom Brady is Tom Brady. I mean, but you know, it'll be interesting to, to, to look back and see how Rivera and Del Rio teams did against Brady. I mean, obviously nobody has historically done that great, but, you know, we'll see. Maybe, maybe there was, maybe there's something there. And look, they just have to figure out how to get everybody going. I think the real key is going to have to be, though, what are you getting out of Alex Smith? I mean, the fact that Rivera even said post game he debated going to Taylor Heineke 
says a lot about what Alex Smith was doing because obviously the gap between Taylor Heineke and Alex Smith is gigantic unless he's compromised, which he clearly was. So we'll see what happens um, mm-hmm. uh, Saturday night at FedEx Field. Um, it's late, late here on the East Coast, and uh, I'm keeping you up now at this point. So, Greg, I'm going to call it there. Thank you so much for, uh, for, for, for jumping in. I mean, I'm glad – that you were pumped up because of the, of the, of the game. And then, you know, the West coast time as well, help, help the cause, but I appreciate you uh, coming on. Is there uh, for, for people who are into the boxing or MMA or anything else or anything you want to uh, tell people to check out? No, just, uh, you know, I, I oversee kind of the boxing and MMA section at the athletic, just check out both sections, big fights coming up um, kind of mid to late January. And then it feels to me at least like every weekend, you know, for the remainder of time, there's something going on between both sports. Conor McGregor is fighting at the end of January. So we'll have more uh, content on that fight and other big fights within combat sports. So you can check it out on the site and on the app. But uh, otherwise, yeah, no, appreciate you uh, bringing me on. I'm always looking forward to seeing how this team does. Most of my life has been bad because of it, but um, hopefully some good times ahead. So we'll see. I feel bad for all you fans who, I mean, I was old enough to have been there for the Super Bowls, um, for, for Theismann, for Doug Williams, for Rippin and all that. So I'm not saying I'm good. Well, one, I'm, I'm not a fan anymore because of this job, but like, you know, uh, you know, you really I, saw Washington have success, right? I mean, for me, I it's were, like making the playoffs is like a huge deal. You right. know, but, if, if, I, if I still were a fan, obviously it would be annoying this the last two decades under Snyder, but at least, okay, I could still go back to those memories, but yeah, for anybody else, you know, you know, a, a, anybody who, who wasn't paying attention, you know, beyond or start paying attention past the early nineties, I don't know what to tell you. Yeah. So, so yeah, that's like why. they won the Super Bowl when I was three or whatever it was. So it's like, yeah, I was alive. Do I remember it? No. And then when I was able to start remembering and, and following this team super closely, they uh, weren't very good. So right. well, uh, hopefully, that's... hopefully this is start the start of something, you know, like they're not a great team yet, but there's some pieces. Yeah, no, no. I mean, it's exciting and I, it feels more sustainable than, the other two, the last two times they won the division title, the 2012, because RG3 was already, was getting, it was hurt and didn't quite know where that was going. But then the 2015, uh, good team, but, you know, uh, I think there were still just, just general questions about the Jay Gruden era. That, and plus, you know, we kind of quickly learned that the Kirk Cousins thing was probably not going to be for the long mm-hmm. haul because of the contract. But it was this one, you know, all the defensive linemen are still on their rookie deals. For, 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 for now, Gibson and McLaurin are first and second year players, respectively, and Rivera just is, get, is just getting going. So there's lots of upside with, with that group, and that's what makes it uh, exciting along with the fact that here comes Tom Brady. <laughs> we'll see now we just happens. need a quarterback. Now we just need a quarterback. I'm, I'm yeah. okay with Alex for right now, but we're, th- we're thinking long term here, right? So hopefully soon. Absolutely. Greg, man, I really appreciate it. Uh, you can also follow Greg on Twitter at G Rosenstein. I'm at Ben Standing. And of course, you can subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, anywhere else you do your podcasting. Go read us on The Athletic. I'm going to bed. Thanks, everybody, for checking out the podcast. Until next time, see ya.